Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join me are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. Jehu. Once again, no Ian. Uh, here to talk about cult classics. I don't really know what that term means, so can you guys please define it for me? Uh, I know I know. Hurt has, has come in prepared for this. I have, but I wanted to hear what your take sure, was Sure, and, and that's why I was trying to figure this out before we got started, because I feel like uh, you know, the original term is probably for something that was not in any way uh, commercially successful and then had grown this huge following after its release just solely based on like word of mouth. But it seems like over time... It's just anything with a following. It's almost anything with a following. It does seem like in general you want things that, that were either not, not uh, received well commercially or critically mm-hmm. in, in theaters. Not all of them necessarily have to be kind of like humorous or campy, but there definitely is an element of camp overall yeah. to the cult theme. Um, and I also just feel like one of the main things is they have to be super rewatchable. Yeah, I mean, I would say I feel like this whole genre, if we could classify it that, is birthed out of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, it's funny you say that because apparently the actual genre, the the first first cult classic film, is pretty widely accepted to be Nosferatu from 1924. That's interesting because um, it was released and then immediately like taken down because Bram Stoker's family sued because it was oh, it was not yeah. an actual licensed Dracula thing. Um, but like existing reels were copied and passed around to people to the point where it became like people really liked this I've movie. I've never heard that story yeah. before. Um, but for sure, at least for people in my generation, I feel like the, the whole concept of cult classic is intertwined completely with, with Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. That's, that's the See, first thing that comes to mind. I have one that's in between those two, but I'll wait a few seconds to get to it. You know, usually... Uh, I, I just show up to these things like, oh, I'll think of reasons to talk about dicks. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> dongs. But, but I was actually so excited about this one. I did a little preparation beforehand. Good. And I thought of what I consider are the four categories that makes a movie a cult movie and what makes it what something not in that category. Okay. Okay. For example, the first one a movie that's bad, <laughs> but for some reason later, was reappropriated to be entertaining in a way not intended to be. You know, you decided it was funny. You know, uh, there became a lore about it. It turned into a fucking drinking game, whatever. Uh, for, for a, at a later time, it became entertaining in a way different than it intended. The so, room. Right. Right. We're, oh, we're definitely getting to the room. <laughs> so an example of a movie... That seems like maybe it could be in that, but isn't. Let's say Batman versus Superman okay. is bad, but there's never going to be a point where someone's going to be like, oh, I found a way to have fun with that movie. <laughs> it's just miserable from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Second category, weird on purpose. A movie that uh, just has decided to be strange, whether it's imagery or nonsensical dialogue or just unsettling in its unconventionalness the movies of david lynch probably are going to be the ones that most fit in that category Mm -hmm. um so but an example of how something wouldn't fit in there in the movie batman versus superman (laughs) when (laughs) i'm sensing a theme (laughs) when uh when they show 
trailers for movies that may or may not happen in the middle of the fucking movie. That's fucking weird. But it's not weird on purpose. Uh Uh-huh. They thought that was going to play. Third category. Financial set of financial failure at the time it was released, but later has found a following in home video or second run. The movie Batman vs. Superman was a financial failure when it was released, but nobody's really catching on to it now that it's over. Uh Uh-huh. And finally, and I think this is the most nebulous one, but that like the most are going to fit in. If you had a poster of it (laughs) in your college dorm or first apartment, you know, something. And basically why I think that matters is it's something that, you know, you've sort of built an identity around. You know, you couldn't have had a poster of maybe Pulp Fiction up at your mom's house. But as soon as you got an apartment, there's Mia Wallace. So, um, you know. But an example of what wouldn't fit into that. No one who's ever watched, uh, who's ever hung up a poster of Batman versus Superman went to college. (laughs) And before anybody gets on my ass about that, I never went to college. I spent five years in high school. Don't talk shit to somebody from Milton. (laughs) Uh, That was fantastic. Okay, so those are my categories. Mm -hmm. So So it's, it's cult classics. And Batman versus Superman. <laughs> well, I just think Batman versus Superman is something that feels like it could fit in all of these. But it won't. But it won't because yeah. it's just... It's just bad. It's just bad, right. Yeah. There's no. There's nothing redeeming about it. Do you, so, do you feel like Batman and Robin is a cult classic? Yes. I feel like Batman and Robin, if it hasn't made it there yet, it will be at some point. I know I watched it recently and I had a fucking blast. And I hated it the first time it, I watched it. I think really it's an expectations thing. If right. you go in expecting it to be related to the Tim Burton Batmans, I, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, but if you just go in thinking this is just a weird, colorful, crazy movie, I definitely think it could be enjoyed a lot more with drugs. Drugs aren't really my thing, but if there's anyone out there in the audience who wants to test this idea, go for it and let us know. <laughs> so what's your in-between... Cult okay. classic. I feel like the whole sort of cult movie culture really starts with Plan 9 from Outer Space. Sure. Yeah. Plan 9 from Outer Space is universally considered awful, but there's something about it that's charming that over time people have just started to love. It's one of the two movies we're going to talk about on here that's so beloved as a cult classic that they made a cult classic movie about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, it just if you've if you've never seen it, it's uh, it's by Ed Wood. Uh, he was a guy who really loved science fiction movies and thought he could make a good one, and he could not. Like it, it was, uh, you know, everything's just on the first take. The acting is terrible. The dialogue is terrible. The special effects are paper plates on fire, hanging from strings. It's you know, it's a ridiculous movie, but. I think particularly with the advent of like midnight showings of stuff and then home video, yeah. it just became something that people found a way to love for reasons other than what it was intended. I think uh, one of the other big things about cult classics is it brings people together. This idea yeah. that that I enjoy something and other people don't, but this group of people, like it, we have an identity, this group of people sure. that we like this thing. Um, uh, for example... I don't think it's really a cult classic, but I enjoy the fucking Super Mario Brothers movie. Me too. Right. It's terrible. Right. But when someone else says they like it, you know what? We have something to talk about. 
Uh, and a lot of it is kind of what you're talking on your list. Like, shit happened behind the scenes that's crazy that makes that movie more entertaining. <laughs> also, that has what is sort of my ghost fifth uh, category in this, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything Dennis Hopper is in is in a cult classic. For example, you know, again, I was getting excited about this. So me and Sarah last night watched the movie that kind of introduced this idea to me, which was Blue Velvet. And you mm-hmm. talk about how it can be sort of like a community thing, you know. Blue Velvet, at the time, you know, it wasn't like a huge movie when I first saw it. And I first saw it on, like, video and such. But if I met someone else that thought, that thought, Heineken, fuck that shit, Pap's Blue Ribbon is funny, then me and that dude were friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. So, So Justin, it looks like you have an extremely long list. I do have an extremely long list, and these are just ones that I either have seen or know enough about that I feel like I can bullshit my way through a minute of it. Do we want to... I feel like maybe this is an idea we could turn it down. We should try to classify them in Jay Hughes' category. No, I love it. So, so we got got ironic ones, ones that are, have been enjoyed... Post its release for reasons that it wasn't you intended. You should write it down. Right. I know I am. Okay. Um, a commercial failure. Commercial failure. And then later success with the cult. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the third one? Weird on purpose. Weird on purpose. Not weird accidentally. I definitely have a couple. Weird of those. accidentally just is in bad. And then uh, you had a, a movie poster of it right, <laughs> in right, a college right. dorm, or, or you knew somebody who did. Right. 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 Yeah, I feel like weird on purpose and movie poster are going to overlap. A, a lot of these overlap. Yeah. For sure. So, what's our first movie? Oh, uh, the first movie that I had on here, and there's a, again, there's an extensive list. There, uh, is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's definitely had a whole second life. Yeah, come again. And boy, is that a community? Yeah, I, I, I worked in a comic book store for a few years, so it's a community I actively hate. <laughs> I mean, look, I I, uh, I feel like it's a, it was at least a rite of passage for my generation. Right. Of I can't remember what age I was. I was in middle school mm-hmm. somewhere. Uh, where you just quote lines from this movie at right. each other as like a social interaction, right? And that's friendship for right. like no, two totally. years. I didn't know. I was interested where that story was going to go because for me, it was banned. We watched the shit out of Monty Python Search for the Holy Grail on drum buses in drum corps. <laughs> I mean, it was like the anthem uh-huh. of being a drummer for us. Um, yeah, I watched. I've watched this movie a lot. I think what drove me nuts about fans of this movie is nobody could do the lines from it without doing the accent. Yeah, you got like, to. You know, I can I can do lines from The Big Lebowski without doing the dude's voice. How do you do Knigget without sounding like a you know racist French guy? <laughs> yeah, okay, that's a good. <laughs> I mean, I just did it. I just said Knigget, but it, didn't have... it, it sounded like it's going to need to be edited out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this of the categories. I don't know if it was a commercial failure. I don't really know how the Monty Python movies done. I mean, they were successful. They made a bunch of them. This one is definitely weird on purpose. Yes. It is very weird. One of my favorite, favorite, one of my favorite running gags that I hated as a kid that I've enjoyed as I've gotten older is just the random, like, David Attenborough guy who's supposed to be, like, explaining the documentary who just, like, at one of the shots gets his head cut off by a knife. It's fucking great. And, and, I mean, boy, has this poster been on some dorm room Absolutely. There's so many of these posters that I'm sure if you unrolled to this day, you could smell the weed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you've already touched on one that's uh, number one on a lot of lists, even over Rocky Horror Mm -hmm. Picture Show, which is uh, actually really the Coen brothers as a whole have, have, like, 
most of their catalog somehow appears on cult classic lists. The, I, I think I think after the Big Lebowski, it doesn't count. The, that's what I was going to say. Every one of their movies could be a cult classic in a way, but the one that most fits it is The Big Lebowski. Mm -hmm. Because it was a commercial failure at the time, particularly since it was right after Fargo, which was their first like huge mainstream hit. And everybody thought, oh, this is going to be even bigger. And people were kind of perplexed because they didn't know that they also did straight comedies. And it really didn't find its voice till home video. And now there's like fucking conventions. Yeah, you know. Well, there was like a Super Bowl commercial last right, year with right. Lebowski in it. Like, I it's hard for me to say the Cohen brothers are because again, I'll give you after Big Lebowski, every one of them is a commercial and critical success. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is definitely found second. Like, I, I, you know, I know it released in theaters, right. but man, if everyone has a copy of this movie. And I mean, I can attest to it being a dorm room, first yeah. apartment thing. I was about to say, I've seen a lot of posters of this it, movie. I, I mean, if you look at pictures of my first apartment, there's the fucking Big Lebowski yeah. poster. I tried a white Russian because of this movie. Same here. They're not Hated good. It. Yeah, they're not Terrible. good. So this one really fits in two categories. This is commercial failure that found Second Life and, yeah. you know, just cultural phenomenon, dorm room wall. Yeah. I, I, there almost should be another line in here for quotability because oh, yeah. I, I, well, yeah, the, the last two that we've done are, are just like two of the most quotable movies of all time. Well, and I think the, a lot of times that's why they end up on dorm room walls because for me, for me and my friends, it was the same thing as what you were talking about with uh, with Monty Python. Me and my buddy Zach and my buddy Dondi could just go entire fucking days and only communicate through Big Lebowski and know what we were talking about. Um, So we're going to transition to a different style of movie altogether, but one that I I think will pretty firmly be considered in the same realm. Uh, Donnie Darko. Uh, Not funny. Not quotable. I don't like this movie at all, uh, so it's really hard for me to judge. I know it has a following. This is this is definitely weird on purpose. Yeah. Yep. But I think it's also weird on accident. Uh, I think yes, it's both. I think it is both. I think also. it both uh, tries to be weird on purpose, but there's also times it is weird through failure. Uh-huh. But you cannot deny. The dorm room. I was about to say, if you, have, if you have not seen a Donnie Darko That's poster, fair. it's because you're blind. Yeah. If you went to goth college, definitely <laughs> this was on the wall. God, I hate this movie so much. I don't though. mind this I movie. I saw it once and annoyed the shit out of me. And it, you know, again, it, it represents a rite of passage. Yeah. Oh, everyone has to watch it. Yeah. Uh, so in that regard, I suppose it is. Yeah. Uh, Hazing. That's the other category. <laughs> Uh, one of the other ones that I, I, you know, one of the other categories we can have is, is it a cult classic or not? Uh, one of the ones that I just kept running into is Blade Runner. Blade Runner, I'm going with yes. It was on my list because it was an abysmal failure at the time. And it totally has found a second life. And it, it also has that whole lore about it because everybody wants to argue which fucking cut is the best cut yeah. and stuff like that. So Also, it invented cyberpunk. It invented cyberpunk. It has that, you know... Without this movie, we don't get Akira. We don't get The Matrix. Right. We don't get any of that yeah. shit. I mean, it's the only reason why it's it's hard, I think, is because of how beloved it is mm. across the board now. Right. And because the biggest movie star on Earth was in it at the time. Yeah. yeah. But... And, it does, and again, it doesn't have... There are some quotable <laughs> lines in Blade Runner, but I think the most the most relatable thing is the aesthetic and stuff right. mm-hmm. like that. So it doesn't have the normal I don't know symptoms or whatever of a, of a of a 
cult classic, but I would agree that it does have the. It doesn't have a lot of quotable lines, but man, those two that uh, are yeah, quotable I agree. are <laughs> fucking quotable. I compl- I, as soon as I was saying the words in my hand, I was like, well, there's this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so another one that uh, I think would probably fall into the commercial failure, but we'll see what, what, what you guys think, is uh, Christian Bale's American Psycho. Do people like this movie? Yes. Is there a big following? There for is it? a big following no, for this I'm movie. I'm not aware of this. I mean, I, I feel like that's a good dorm room for, wall. No, dorm room wall. That's and, fair, actually. There is a very recognizable poster for and, this movie. And man, it's it's a it's good for profiling. You know to leave that dorm, <laughs> not because they're gonna murder you, just because they're gonna bore bore you fucking senseless. That's yeah. absolutely true. Uh, so it was it was really a matter of time before we had a Sam Raimi movie on this list, and we they're, could really do all, all Sam Raimi movies <laughs> on this list. But we'll just go for the Evil Dead or the Evil Dead series. Okay, yeah. here's here's. I actually, I think Evil Dead fits in two different categories. Uh The first one is bad that has been reappropriated. Yes. You know, the first one is is not bad on purpose. It's not ironic. It just was a bad movie. The second one is the one that becomes more like the dorm room wall thing. Mm -hmm. It realized what was wrong with the first movie and instead of trying to fix it, leaned into it for fun. It's yeah. also definitely a weird on purpose movie. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. And man, it's just like, it's made by that Bruce Campbell performance. Who's like, who's like Dennis Hopper. It's like, you can, if you're wondering if this is a cult movie, well, Bruce Campbell's in it. That's so actually, it must be. that should have been the podcast. <laughs> Let's see if we can name all the cult actors. Right. Uh, was it in you know was the first one I, I really have no idea because as a person who likes that movie and I relate Sam Raimi to horror comedy mm-hmm. was it not intended to be that no I think it was supposed to be actually scary oh and that's that, how I've always taken it but yeah you know. well because horror comedy is so relevant in everything else he does but it's relevant after that yeah. right so did he make that movie and be like oh this is the thing that I can do I I think he's like the guy you know you do you guys old enough to remember those Reese's peanut butter cups where they accidentally dropped the chocolate into the peanut butter? And yeah. Then, and then, oh shit, this is, I, yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Evil Dead has his chocolate in the peanut butter. He didn't realize to what he had done till after he had done it. I can see that. Fair enough. Uh, so they're actually probably, well, maybe this is the only one that launched a career, but a cult classic that I think launched a career that maybe shouldn't have been launched. We'll see how we feel about it. Uh, Clerks. Clerks. Oh, yeah. Clerks is uh, Clerks fits in almost every category. Honestly, <laughs> it's funny you almost always do this stuff by decades. So I thought you were going to do this by decades. I am not, but I think the '90s is the one where it becomes the hardest to identify a cult movie because everything kind of is and isn't a cult movie in yeah. the '90s. Mm. The, the success of Pulp Fiction really muddied up <laughs> what that meant because. You know, like, for example, Boogie Nights was the kind of movie that was made by a guy who probably loved cult movies and was specifically trying to lean into a cult thing. He enjoyed Mm -hmm. the acting of John Holmes and wanted to make a movie about that. And I think it would have been a cult movie in any other decade, but because it came out like two years after Pulp Fiction... It got released in every screen on mm-hmm. Earth, got all the publicity, and it was just a big movie that everybody knows and likes. So the night, so basically, that's what I'm saying with Clerks. So many people know and love Clerks. It's hard to think of it as a cult, except for the fact that God was that poster on some walls. Yeah, yeah, super fair. I uh, mean, no one's discovered. You know, we had talked about this. Like, it's hard to. I think the age, the internet age, is really where things kind of get muddled mm, when right. it comes to these things. And I feel like word of mouth or someone like giving you, for example, 
Monty Python is something that was essentially given to me. Um, No one's being given clerks. Right. Nowadays. Everybody knows everything all the time. Try to not know something. I mean, they're they're definitely, you know, again, as as far as specific timelines, there's definitely uh, a market for, I think, uh, movies that necessarily didn't make it in theaters, but were either at always at the blockbuster that you were at always on cable or were the first things on a streaming yeah. service when streaming sucked. Right. <laughs> uh, which leads me to Office Space, also a 90s movie Ooh. that falls into a similar category, but I definitely think deserves its cult status this, more. See, and again, this is how the 90s gets more muddled up. Yeah. Because Clerks was put there to be a cult movie, and I think isn't. It was just too fucking successful and too widely known. Mm-hmm. Whereas Office Space, like... You can pick a friend out from Office Space. Not yeah. everybody loves Office Space, and you know are there are people who don't like Office Space. There are people who I, I don't think know it, and you know anybody who thinks uh, you know back up in that ass with the resurrection is a funny way to kill a copying machine can be my friend. <laughs> yeah, I find people who still don't know Office Space. Really, which is amazing. That is and, amazing, and uh, Just, it's so relatable. Is there a bad line in that fucking movie? Because <laughs> no. most of these, most of these get your shit together comedies, you know, when it gets to the part where the guys should get his shit together, they stop being funny. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking at fucking every Judd Apatow. Film. Yeah. Um, you know, and unfortunately with Judd Apatow, that line keeps getting moved back mm-hmm. on like how early it happens in the movie. But this, even after he realizes he's an asshole, it's still fucking hilarious. Highly quotable too. I'm so quotable. Yeah. I say and, bad case of the Mondays every week. <laughs> and then anybody who's at an office job, like this is that shit. Yeah. Like this is exactly that shit. This isn't like that shit. This is that shit. Yep. I'm going to have to watch Office Space. Yeah, I, no. Now, yeah, I, I just talked myself into yeah. I've got to watch that movie. That could happen on more and of these as we go along. The only great Jennifer Aniston performance. Yes. Yeah, I like uh, her in Horrible yeah. Bosses. God, man. And it's so great. I mean, isn't she, don't you like uh, We're the Millers a lot? I like We're the Millers. Okay, yeah, Miss Willa Millers, she's, she's good. She's got stuff, pretty man. good comedic timing. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, I have the, the minimum amount of flair. <laughs> the minimum. <laughs> Uh, so one that, that's also kind of had, I think, a probably a VHS renaissance, but definitely a streaming renaissance is David Bowie's Labyrinth. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's become very popular, especially in, and you may, I'm going to give you a second to, if you want to edit this out, nerd lady circles, things like Labyrinth and, um, what's the dark crystal? Mm-hmm. Some nerd ladies love those movies. Well, um. I mean, definitely this one, you know, was not thought of as success at the time. And, uh, but man, you know, any girl I like usually likes this movie. Yeah. You know, it, it's, again, it's good for profiling. Can't, I was about to say, I can't decide if that says more about you or more about the, the ladies, ladies you like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go get more about that? No. Okay. Uh, Freaking puppets, man. They were big in the day. And, you know, as has been referenced on, on this podcast before, David Bowie's dong looks great. Yeah. <laughs> Very prominent. I, so prominent. I can't decide if this next one counts because this is just a director that had a more successful... Oh, what classification was Labyrinth then? Uh, I would think not successful at the time. And his That's game weird on purpose. Yeah. Do you think so? See, I don't think so. I think that was supposed to appeal play, to children. Uh, look, yeah. It just didn't. It's also very much of its time, like Fraggle Rock yeah. and all that shit. That was, that was in. Fair enough. 
Um, so this next one may not qualify because it's a director that just achieved more success later on and people went back to his first one. Uh, Bottle Rocket by uh, Wes Anderson. See, again, I think this is 90s and it's hard to classify. It is. Yeah. I don't even know of a huge huge following for Bottle Rocket. I know people who love it, but I also don't trust that the people who love it actually love I, it. <laughs> the, the thing is, of the Wes Anderson films, even though it's probably the most successful one... I would still say that Royal Tenenbaums Mounds is the most cult classic. I definitely think that is also true. Because it's mm. like it's the most quotable, it's the most dorm room wall, it's the most profile. And it's the most likely one that I feel like it was the one that was shown to you by one of your friends. Like, yeah, right. I thought that too. Totally. Yeah. It's the one you're that most likely a, that to That should make be a, a separate category. Yeah. yeah, agreed. Um, I got two on here that I haven't seen, but I just know fall into this category. So the science fiction movie, Brazil. I have not seen Brazil. Brazil is one that I was also going to mention that I also had not watched. Okay. Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Yes, just for, got canceled. For, yes. Being an asshole. Correct. Some people get canceled and I feel sorry for him. Terry, Terry Gilliam was an asshole and then he was given the opportunity to not be an asshole and he was like, no, I'm going to be a mega asshole. Yeah. I'm so choose. fuck him. I know this movie is, is mostly known for either being loved or hated. Mm. For, again, being commercially completely unsuccessful, and then people who love this movie fucking love this movie. And for definitely being weird on purpose. (laughs) What's the other one? Uh, The other one is The Reanimator. Which, I haven't seen the that reanimator. Either. I have watched, and man, I I I'm sad I didn't think of that one because that that one's totally. It's not good, and it was not successful. But it is gained a second life in video. And there and are a bunch of sequels too, right? Like yeah. directed DVD yeah. sequels. I put this one on here because Zach Evans, who is one of the patrons of this show, this is one of his top four movies. <laughs> I, wow! Remember last weekend when I uh, announced that the 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 nudie actress had died? Yeah. If she wasn't in this movie, she had to be in one of the sequels. Uh, Julie Strain. Also, she didn't she not die? She didn't die? Yeah. Did that turn out to not be true? Yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't heard follow-up, but apparently her, her I don't know, publicist, her, whoever represents her, came back and said, that's not true. But no one's actually heard, as far as I know, from Julie Strange. Well, okay, because right after that, I found out the reason, and it was too good to be true. Because mm. it was said that she died of exposure. Wow. Mm. So, I mean, that just seems like a joke. Sure. Yeah. So I believe she's probably not dead. Uh, again, one that I think is... is we can figure out whether it deserves to be on this list or not, but it was on a lot of lists that I saw, which is Akira. Okay, here's why I think Akira was. It's it's my ghost sixth factor that's only relevant locally. Do you guys, I, I know you guys are old enough to remember the silver screen. Yep. Do you remember when the silver screen was called the Cinema Tavern? No. <laughs> the Cinema Tavern used to do midnight shows, and if they showed a midnight show, that was a cult movie. Mm. They showed the Holy Grail. They showed heavy metal. They showed Rocky Horror, and they showed Akira. So Akira makes the list for me. Just on uh, just on, on that pedigree alone. alone. Uh, which category do you feel like it would fall into? I feel like that... Weird on purpose. Probably weird on purpose, and at least... It might be poster. Poster. No, poster is Poster good is good. Like, a very specific yeah. dude had that on his. And also, I feel like it wasn't successful in the United States immediately, but it's definitely grown a fall. The thing about Akira that I have found is a lot of people, you'd be like, oh, do you watch anime? No, I've seen Akira. That's pretty good. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's... So in that regard, I could see it. It also, for me, was... Also given to you. A lot of people have been given Akira. Dude, and anime, anime has that, like, you know, like, 
Baptist youth minister thing about mm-hmm. it where, you know, there's always a guy who just wants to find what your interest is and hand you that anime copy that's going to make you understand why yeah. anime is cool. <laughs> and, you know, so if you tell someone, oh, I like science fiction, they hand you Akira. That's actually super fair of anime because it's there's so much of it and it's so cross-genre. If you talk to a person and they're like, oh, I don't really care for you, you're like, what do you like? Like, just tell me your interest and right. maybe I could think of something right. that you'll like. Man, that's... I am that person sometimes. <laughs> now I have to self-reflect. Yeah. Uh, well, you already brought it up. It's also on my list. Let's talk about a heavy metal. Heavy metal, man. I mean, that's not good. <laughs> but yeah. people sure have learned to love it in retrospect. Uh, I will say, you know, it has uh, it has a killer Dio era Sabbath song on it, so that's cool. But it also has a really shitty Sammy Hagar song on it. So it's, you know, it's... Oh, Sammy Hagar. So it's it's tough to say whether the soundtrack helps it or not. Like, one that I was going to bring up was Flash Gordon. Mm. Yep. Because even though it was... First of all, it was, it was one that I saw before I understood that movies could be bad. So mm-hmm. I just loved it. But later in life, I would learn that, oh, people don't like this movie, and it was a failure. But I think... It's got its second life specifically based on the soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, for some reason, I mean, I don't think that Queen ever really went away. Right. But I think like late '90s, early 2000s, people like rediscovered Queen. Right. And Flash Gordon specifically, right. like that main song, man. Right. There was a while where you couldn't go anywhere, and now you're Flash. <laughs> but back to heavy metal, man. I don't know. I. I, you know, I, I, I want to love it because a comic writer named Bernie Wrightson got paid from it, but, uh, you know, uh, a comic artist, I'm sorry, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a cult movie. Like, mm-hmm. you know, again, if, if you find that poster in somebody's basement and unroll it right now, it smells like weed. Yep. Uh, so the next one up on the list, I don't know what this one would classify under, uh, this is Spinal Tap. Ooh, um... I can, room wall, I can see his poster, yeah. quotable. <laughs> Everyone says uh, up to 11. Yeah. Um, funny movie. I don't yeah. think it was really successful upon it. I don't yeah. think it was either, yeah. Wasn't there a second Spinal Tap record not too long ago? Am I imagining that? No, he's... Well, they, they did a comeback in the 90s where they did a record, and I think just Harry Shearer did... did maybe, maybe recently. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. No, I, I like that movie. I would not put myself in the cult following, but I have watched it a couple of times yeah. and enjoy it. I certainly have quoted it. Uh, so this brings us to the second cult movie that's so popular that another cult movie was made about it. Uh, the Room. The Room. Uh, this is one that, you know, uh, I was a little old for, and, uh, you know, the first person I met who loved it was Sarah. Sarah and her cousin, cousin Bonnie fucking love this movie. This is the they, first one we've talked about that's ironic. Correct. I would go, right? Well, I mean, I think it's, again, I think it's, yeah, it's it's bad, but not bad on purpose. Yeah. It's like, even though Tommy Wiseau now tries to say that it was bad on purpose, like, that's not true. And if yeah. he does, and it was, that kind of ruins it, because, like... Part of the fun of this movie is I really think this guy genuinely had a story he wanted to tell and he just had no clue how to tell it. And trying to decipher the story he was trying to tell in the middle of all these really quotable bad lines is a fucking blast. The, you know, the first time I watched this movie, I had a blast. Yeah, definitely. I think that the hardest line to tread 
is where you are trying to make one of these movies right. where you where you want it to be made fun of but you also want to be in on the joke right. i don't think very many people can pull that off successfully and definitely this dude doesn't seem like he was smart enough to that's correct no, yeah. yeah but I, I, you know man there's just so much about this movie that's fun like there's one point where there's a character that appears just to have lines said to him and then just never shows up again. <laughs> yeah. But he's treated as if he's part of the whole story for that scene. It's just a strange, strange fucking movie. The story doesn't make any sense. Like it's Plus it gave us The Disaster Artist, which I quite enjoyed. The Disaster Artist is a great fucking movie. Yeah. Like, um, just really, really... I know that also What's-His-Name is a creepy asshole now, yeah. too. But outside of that, I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to a completely different direction, uh, and, and definitely a little bit older. Sorry for time jumping on you yeah. there, Hurt. Uh, Clockwork Orange. Clockwork Orange was definitely on my list. Weird on purpose, dorm room wall. I feel like this is true for a lot of Stanley Kubrick movies. It is. I think it's true of all of them, but this is the most. Yeah, one. oh, agreed. If you're going to have a poster up there that says, I'm that fucking Stanley Kubrick dude, you're going to have this poster. See, see I, I think the right mm. answer here is, what do you think it is? No, no, no. Go ahead. You say your thing. I think the uh, the right answer here, if you want to prove that you're a real Stanley Kubrick guy, is Eyes Wide Shut. Ooh. Oh, totally. But that one also, I think, is the only one of his movies that might be bad. Right. But that's why I think it, that, that's like that should be the, should be the real cult. But I think that at least Storm Room Wall for nothing else is is a uh, Clockwork Orange. That there, there's also a, a ghost. What am I on now? Sixth category I'll put here, <laughs> which is if you find merchandise for it in a record store, but it's you know not necessarily has anything to do with music, like you know. 80s, 90s, you couldn't go into a record store and not find a Clockwork Orange poster. But there's nothing specifically about that movie that ties to a record store. See, if I were to walk into a person's dorm room and they had a Clockwork Orange poster and they were trying to tell me that they were a cinephile, I would find that to be a misnomer. Uh-huh. Like, that's like, if you were had The Shining or right. 2001, I'd be on board with that. Right. But Clockwork Orange, I just think you probably have creepy dreams at night. <laughs> Uh, all right, I got, I got, I got two more, and then I was thinking we'd do lightning round for the rest of them and just categorize them. Unless okay. you, uh, if you guys have any that you want to make, sure I have a make. couple I'd like to talk about because I have a couple that I wanted. I can't even decide if they're okay. okay. Good. We'll we'll do these two, then you'll do yours, and then we'll do the lightning round. Uh, so we got uh, Napoleon Dynamite just a few years ago. I haven't, I don't have that many recent ones on here. I would, I would say poster on the wall. Yes. Weird on purpose. And weird on purpose. And, and just, so quotable. <laughs> and it just broke people's brains. It did. Yeah. For like six months, that's all anyone could fucking think about. You know, I don't remember how successful it was in theaters, but again, this is a movie that someone gave me. Like, I didn't go see it on purpose, <laughs> but being 16 at the time, someone's definitely like, you gotta watch Napoleon Dynamite. I think it was way more successful than they ever intended. Oh, agreed there. Absolutely true. Oh, yeah, and that also reminds me of another movie that was trying really hard to be Napoleon Dynamite called Gentleman Broncos, which has a great cast, including Sam Rockwell, mm-hmm. and it's not good. really hard to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. I remember trying to watch it. Um, and then the last one I wanted to put on here, because it, 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 it's the most posterized anything that's ever happened. Uh, I, I say that. We've got another one later on this list that I don't even feel like talking about, but the one that I'm going to talk about is Fight Club. <laughs> oh, it's... Yeah. it's it's the most. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was not successful at the time. You know, I've I, I've talked about on this fight cast before that it was so hated by some people that fucking Rosie O'Donnell went on her show the next day and spoiled the ending specifically so people would not watch it. <laughs> like, uh, 
<laughs> but man, does it have a following. Oh my God. Oh yeah. So many first departments, college dorm rooms. And and really it's it feels like it's due for a resurgence because it seems like it's I don't, speaking to I, hope not. I don't think it's ever gone away. Again, I feel like this is a rite of passage movie. I right. feel like, you know, uh guys you know, the 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 classic age, sixteen to to like twenty. <laughs> yeah. Like you have to watch this movie. Yeah. Right. For your first thing you do freshman week in college when you're a dorm is you pile up somewhere and somebody watches Fight Club. Yeah, absolutely. So this this brings up one that I didn't know whether it should be on the list or not. American Beauty. Mm. Because And the reason this made me think of it is because they were kind of like sister movies. They came out at the similar time and they were sort of about the same thing. But... I don't think American Beauty's had the staying power. I don't think it has. Also, either. American Beauty won all the Oscars. It did. Well, I mean, you can win Oscars and not, you know, I mean, I would say I brought up Blue Velvet earlier. Yeah. Blue Velvet won awards, and I would say Blue Velvet's definitely a cult movie. Yeah. I wouldn't classify it as such because I don't think it has a following today. If it does, I have never had you, anyone. You're probably right. It does not yeah, have I don't a think it survived post-cancel culture. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin Cost. <laughs> oh, that's a good body. Not Kevin I mean, Costner, uh, What's his butt? I've already Spacey. canceled. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Also, just the premise Kevin of the Costner's movie does not fine. survive. Well, yeah. yeah, he hasn't diddled anybody. Well, yeah. not that we know. That we know. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> so far. let's not put that on record. What's the other one? You said you had two that you were questioning. Okay, well, I've got a few that I'm questioning. All right. Okay, so these are these two. Like, I don't know if they fit in any of my categories, but I feel like they are cult classics, and I think I know why. Roadhouse and Point Blank. I mean, Point Break. Ooh, uh, I just think he has a following and mm. that's probably grown see, with time. I think it's specifically for these two movies. I mean, I think I think Roadhouse definitely counts. I think these are, I hate calling them bad movies because there's a writer I really like named Chuck Klosterman who was talking about Roadhouse and he was like, this is a movie that takes place in a fantastical world that's every bit as vivid as Lord of the Rings. <laughs> a world where where there are famous bouncers that travel from yeah. bar to bar across the nation. Uh, but um, I think it's because these movies are bad and Patrick Swayze doesn't know it. <laughs> he he is going for it like he's going to get an Oscar for these movies. In both of these. I think with... It's hard to say with Point Break, but the other one, we all know that... I feel like people discovered it and thought, oh, this movie is badass. Like, hmm. there are some kick-ass fight scenes yeah. in, in that movie. Um, Point Break, I just don't really enjoy at all. Sure. See, I, man, I enjoy Point Break more of the I, two of them. I, I do think that one's not bad on purpose, but... It's ironic, you mm. know. It, it it's bad, and people enjoy that it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of like um, like acting troops where, where they'll do the script for Point Break, and they'll pick a person out of the audience to play Keanu Reeves' role. <laughs> that's, that's that because that's why those yeah, scenes are so great. Totally yeah. because Ke- Keanu Reeves is delivering them just. Like he's like he's reading cue cards. Yeah, and he's spaced out that movie. And fucking and fucking uh, and uh, Swayze is just going for it so hard. Yeah, those are those, they definitely do have a following. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's one. I'm not really sure. Crank. No, I don't think so. Yeah, it did at the time. I feel like when it first came out, there was like a group of people that were big fans of that movie. But I don't feel like it has had its staying power. I, you know, the only reason that made me think of it is I can remember that. I will say I, I I don't hate this movie, and I, I think the problem is it was too immediately 
like positively received. I know it didn't make that much money in the theaters. I feel like there should be a lag time between when the yeah. movie came out and when when the following starts. Because I know the whole reason I saw it because it looked awful to me. But then Patton Oswalt wrote some essay about it yeah. that was fucking hilarious, and I'm like, I'm gonna go watch that movie. So that that's the only reason. I, I don't know if that's a experience just I had right. or if it, I, I mean, think that's actually probably for, for a lot of people is not a lot of people saw it, but the people who saw it all enjoyed yeah, it. It's, it's also <laughs> a rare movie that I feel like is in on its own joke and still yeah. pulls it off pretty successfully. Yeah. I have a few list guys and that might be on your list, but I don't, don't care. Go for it. Yeah. Right, um, this is one that I guarantee you guys probably haven't even seen. Have you guys ever seen tremors? Yeah. Hey, tremors to me is just like a I don't know if I've ever actually seen original Tremors. I think I've only Kevin seen. Bacon? I think I've only seen like Tremors three and four. <laughs> I think it's just like definitively a cult movie because it was not received or did well when it released, yeah. but people still talk about it, and it's a super fun movie to enjoy it not being good. I think any movie that airs on Sci Fi Weekly, agreed, counts as a. <laughs> I think so too. I think that's, that's a, a good category. <laughs> that's a really good point. Um, okay. John Carpenter, just as a person, seems like one of those guys who's done cult classic over and over. The Thing, I think, did not perform well as it was intended to be, but definitely has built following. Definitely, you've seen a lot of those posters. I don't, do you think Big Trouble in Little China fits in there? I think it does. I think it does, too. I just, think it just, does more just, than The Thing. Just yeah. for sheer amount of weird on purpose, and it's one of those movies that you would never watch on your own until someone tells you God, to watch it. It is fucking weird on purpose. <laughs> Really, I think that of his movies, even though he's a guy who you talk about as being a cult filmmaker, those are the two that are really his. Yeah. Same with David Lynch. I think David Lynch is a guy who comes up on a lot of these, and you could really list any of his movies, but I think Blue Velvet and Eraserhead are the two that you would really... Yeah. Because Eraserhead is the most weird on purpose movie ever fucking made. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Blue Velvet, I've already talked about a few times on here why I think it fits. Uh, Showgirls. Sure. Like show- I've never seen Showgirls. Okay, here's the thing with Showgirls. Showgirls is, again, it's one of those things where the 90s gets murky. Because Paul Verhoeven had done these... He did these three movies in a row that were like sort of trashy and bad, Robocop, Total yeah. Recall, Basic Instincts. They were sort of smarter than... All of those have become cult movies, though. But they did. They all did really yeah. well at the time. And they, they were sort of smarter in, than the audience, not then that they were smart, but just that the audience didn't realize these movies were kind of making fun of them. Yeah. Uh, I think that Showgirls was the first movie he did where he was like, okay, I'm gonna actually going to cash in on the 90s are for me. The 90s are ironic. And it just bombed so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just bad. But, it you know, you have a gay friend who it's their favorite movie. It's <laughs> fair. Uh, you, did you have any? I figure we, we might be Let's ready go to go into, into rapid fire. What? Yeah, so, rapid fire. Yeah, rapid, fire. rapid fire. All right, rapid fire. We're going to pick one category of the four, which again are either ironic, not enjoyed for reasons it wasn't intended to, uh, a commercial failure, uh, weird on purpose, or a movie poster that was in everyone's wall, yeah. or quotable if we want to do that, right, yeah. or any of the other bullshit right. that we talk about right. on this fucking thing. Uh, a movie called Rubber. It's the most recent one I think I have on this fucking list. Fucking love it. It's what was it? Weird on purpose. 100% weird on purpose. It's about a, uh, a sentient, sentient tire. tire, tire, like car tire, right. that kills people with telekinesis by exploding I, their heads. I, I love it, and I haven't seen it. It was one of the first movies on Netflix when Netflix didn't have any good movies, and right. I remember somebody said, hey, have you seen this movie? Actually, this reminds me of another movie. that It might have been me. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that probably counts under this as, as something that you only hear of from your friends. The movie Teeth? 
Yep. Also true. Weird on purpose. Also weird on purpose. I feel it. like the granddaddy of these movies, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Probably yeah. is. Yeah. Um, Snowpiercer. I think commercial failure on this one. Yeah. Because it's just a good movie that no one saw when it came out. Yeah, I don't know how it would fit in the categories. I think it's cult because it's good that people just discovered later. Yeah. But. Um, being John Malkovich. Oh, Weird on purpose. Weird on purpose. I mean, it, it hit exactly the audience it intended to, which was fucking weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I would almost kind of go ironic, because I don't know if they're in on the joke, but it's definitely a joke. You can also say uh, not a cult classic, because the next one is definitely up for grabs. Uh, Reservoir Dogs. Uh, I mean, it is, and it's my least favorite type of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I mean, I would go with poster on the wall. I would also yeah. go with poster, and one that, that is... The most posterized of the ones, but I don't really want to talk about Scarface. Yeah, yeah it's poster. poster. <laughs> yeah, the, again, this one's great for profiling. Yeah. It, it is absolutely. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, I, I'm going to go back a little further to you guys. What about Warriors? The Warriors. Uh, the Warriors. Do you guys yeah. even know the yeah, Warriors? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Warriors come out and play. I've, uh, but I've, I mean, probably poster. It, it was. I've, it was. Yeah. Poster's yeah. real popular. I mean, it definitely is a cult classic. It's movie. in the same... The people who like that movie are in the same category as Clockwork Orange for me. See, I think they're in the same category as the people who like Roadhouse. Again, it takes place on Earth, but in an Earth <laughs> nothing like yeah, Earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where the gangs of New York have governing body. Uh-huh. A Nightmare Before Christmas. Fuck this one. <laughs> I'm just so over this fucking uh, movie. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't even know the category. Hot topic. Is it a whole category? Yeah. <laughs> Weird I mean, on this purpose. One definitely would be poster on the wall. But I would rather pick one of his good movies, Edward Scissorhands. Uh, you know, this is a good movie. I'm just so fucking sick. Of That's it. fair. They've killed it. I'm going. I'm going. Yeah, poster on the wall. Uh, mm-hmm. Boondock Saints. Fuck this movie. Uh, poster on the wall. I think. Oh yeah, it, this one is kiss my ass. It's either That's poster or commercial is. failure because yeah. it made no money when it, it came out. It does have some quotable lines. It's also very quotable. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, old boy, the Korean version. Correct. Um, I don't think the American version is good enough to get a cult following. Yeah, it's again, it's like Snowpiercer. It's just good, but it's something that someone had to tell you about. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I, and I, I got one Friday. Yeah, Friday yeah. was a much okay. Friday was a was much bigger success than it intended to be. Yeah, but poster on the wall. Po- it's it's, quotable. it's something to build. It's insanely to. quotable. Yeah. yeah, it's insanely quotable. It's funny uh, shit, man. It bridges the gaps between races. And, yeah. you know, uh, you know, I, I I have made a lot of friends outside of my race by like, yeah, I love fucking love Friday. Yeah. Um, crybaby. Oh, terrible. Does there people who like this movie? I, there are a lot of people who like this movie. I, I can't believe I didn't think of one John Waters movie. Definitely. It, it's weird it's on purpose. It's weird on purpose, but is, is it also ironic? Is it like, it's also one of those oh, things that... It's ironic. Part, part of it is like intentionally weird, and I also think some of it is not. I think, <laughs> I think some of it is also just a bad movie. I think before the flip over with Pirates of the Caribbean, you could have used Johnny Depp to be like... For sure, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, just, yeah. He, he yeah. just did cult. That's movies. a fair point, actually. I had never thought about yeah. that. Uh, again, not a cult classic is an answer. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, I'm going not a cult classic. I'm it's going too, not a cult. It's too popular. Agreed. Like, and it, it was it was widely successful when it yeah. released. Uh, adaptation. Man, is this got John Cusack in it? This has got Nick Cage in it. Nick Cage. I don't remember it. Okay, that's fine. It's a. It's a. I mean, I have never actually seen it, so I just brought yeah. it up. But it's it's a it's a movie about writing, and it's it's very meta. It's super super meta. Freeway. 
Don't know anything about it. You don't know anything about Free. Okay, just watch Freeway. We don't even. Uh, right. It's 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 the only good Reese Witherspoon movie. Wow. wow. Yeah. It's uh. And, and I'll go ahead Walk and say the line's pretty good. Legally Blonde's great. Okay, Legally Blonde is good, but it is such a different Reese Witherspoon than the one you know. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and it's weird on purpose would be the category that it would be. Uh, Requiem for a Dream. Uh, weird on purpose. Weird on purpose. Poster. Is it poster weird on, on purpose the though? There's like it's it's. it's it's intentionally uncomfortable. It is, but I don't, again, that's why I feel like it's almost more ironic because I think he was trying to make like a serious point. And to be fair, you know, it makes me not want to do drugs. But also, I feel like I, I feel like it's enjoyed for reasons he didn't intend for it to be enjoyed for. And you've brought this up enough that I feel like it's like the now seventh category. A rite of passage. Yeah, everybody has to watch it's this that. and then never watch it again. That's a fair point. This one, this one's one that I, I think needs to be identified whether or not it is. Anchorman. No, it's hard because, and I think this is true of a lot of Will Ferrell movies, is because they are commercially successful, but they find outrageous life after they've been out of theaters, like VHS repeat viewings, poster on the wall. My poster anti on the this wall. one is the second one killed it. Since the second one has come out. I feel like the love for Anchorman has you may be right on decreased. That. It may have it may have switched before to Ricky the Bobby. second one came out. Before the second one came out, uh, it was up there because yeah. it was one of those movies that you could communicate yep. through quotes. Yep, uh, Galaxy Quest. Such yes. Oh, I'm I, I I'm pissed. I didn't have this on. <laughs> this is one of Sarah's favorite movies. Uh, just man, which, which yeah. category? Oh God! Poster on the wall. I uh, even feel like weird on purpose is true here. Weird like, on purpose. It's very intentional. This, I, I feel like it's commercial failure. I get, think it gets all of them bad because it's great. Yeah. Uh, uh, from dusk till dawn. The nineties muddles everything up. Man. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. so nineties. Yeah, it's it maybe be the most nineties movie. Yeah, I, I, I actually still might be poster. I've seen this yeah, poster. I mean, the poster oh, and, man, that's true. Yeah, uh, Beetlejuice, which I guess we we talked about Tim Burton as a whole. Yeah, as a body of work. I mean, this is my favorite of his movies, so I would want it to be the cult classic movie. But I think it was just really it's, successful. And yeah, I mean, there's a large audience for this movie because people are still claiming for a second one. Yeah, so. that's true. Uh, uh, Leon the Professional. Ooh, man, I, I, poster on the wall. I think it's poster on the wall all <laughs> the fucking way. I'm gonna go poster on the wall. I also, and we didn't make it official one, but a rite of passage type of give you. That's fair. This, this, this one. And man, if we get down to the the now ghost eighth category, creepy sexual undertones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's prevalent in a lot of these. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, not a cult classic is an answer. Predator. Uh, I say no. I'd say no. Okay. That's just beloved. Too 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 popular. Um The Fifth Element. An- another uh, what's like face movie. Luke Besson, I feel like all of his movies you could maybe make an argument, but Leon is the one. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah that that's I, I mean it's like with the Coens and, and yeah. yeah. He's he makes cult films, but this is you know, that's his cult film. Yeah. And the uh, the last one I have on here is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. He, the, I don't, don't think so. No, I know it's on there. It's just like this movie. Yeah, fucking yeah. this is uh, whenever weird on purpose. If you're about to break up <laughs> or have just broken up, you're going to be told to watch this movie. That's yeah. accurate. And I, ugh, this movie just this like I have I have PTSD with this fucking movie. Yeah, cult classics. You got any other ones that we want to rapid fire? Blues Brothers. Hmm. Yeah, I would only because of its age at this point, you know. Yeah. Like, I feel like it was probably pretty popular. That's the thing. I think it was really popular, but I still think it was 
enjoyed in a way different than it was intended. Yeah. And man, that poster factor. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, I'll say in researching, quote unquote, this episode, like fucking everything is a cult classic. So if we didn't get to your favorite cult classic, let us know. We'll do it on another. We could do a whole nother episode where we just fucking rapid fire this oh, shit. There's definitely bro. plenty of them. <clears throat> I, the whole episode. I think we talked about this a little before we started. I think this is a dying art form. Yeah. I think in the information age, this will be less of a thing that like drama like, behind the scenes would be the new thing. That, yeah. That's that's true. I'll actually talk about that and what we're watching. Okay. All right, that sounds good. Well, that's it for Cult Classics. Again, email in if we fucked it up. Um, in the meantime, what have we been watching, guys? I can go first. I caught up on Rick and Morty, and uh, I would say season four off to a pretty okay start. Yeah, it's, it's none of it's bad. I think the the heist episode's the best episode. The dragon fucking is the worst episode. Yeah, I actually think the pilot episode is the best episode. I the like pilot that was pretty good, too. See, I like the first and the last episodes the best, but I think the middle three... You liked Morty Gets a Dragon? No, the last was... The <laughs> last one wasn't Morty Gets a Dragon. It was the... What was the last one? It was the one after Morty Gets a Dragon. Uh, I, I must be remembering out of order. I, I can't think of what the fucking, which one it was, though. It was uh, not the heist. Man, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just know I remember the first and like, like yeah. and the ones in the middle, like the dragon one, I liked them more on multiple viewings. Yeah. I've only watched them all once. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't. I watched, I watched the first episode twice. The fucking, the, the snake planet. Was oh, the last yeah. Episode. You're right. You're right. <laughs> the snake planet harmed me. <laughs> What's so great about that episode <laughs> that is, a good one. is I just sat there the whole time and thought it was so ballsy to have as little dialogue yeah, as they yeah. do in it. Dude, I, when he hands Snake Abraham Lincoln the note yeah. and it says, yeah. I'm still laughing from yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. God, that killed me. I like that they kind of went back to a joke they made with Rick in the last season where he keeps going. He keeps like coming back and that's always Nazis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, 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 the snake keeps coming to Nazi yeah. snakes. Like. I watched the two popes. Yeah, and um, yeah, you know they're both really good in it. Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins are both outstanding in it. And you had kind of said this: the directing is interesting. Yeah, um, there are shots in that movie that make it seem like a gritty, almost mockumentary. Like this is real conversations they had, but with actors. And then there are like these big like landscape shot. Like there's one tracking shot through the Vatican that's like, oh, we have Netflix money for this movie, and that doesn't all line up. Um, it just feels like it different cinematographers or different decisions were made. I don't know. Did you watch all the way through the credits? I did not. Okay. Cause watching them, uh, watching Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price watch, uh, the Germany, Argentina. Oh, World I did Cup. watch that game. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 Uh, I watched Jojo rabbit and that movie is excellent. Right on. I would not put it in my like top three for the year, but man, Taco Watiti does such a good job of like making jokes while also like telling a really serious story mm. and like having a point and it's chaotic um you know last week you were talking about white chicks and right. ian said he doesn't think you'd be able to do it jojo rabbit shows that you can do those taboo subjects if you handle them the right way right because uh man there are a lot of swastikas and nazis right. and people who hate jews in that movie I think at the end of the day, if it's if you land it, if it's still if it's yeah. funny, it doesn't matter. There's a point where the kids are like at um, Hitler's youth camp and they're learning not like dance moves, but like uh, positions. And one of them is swastika, and they just yell them out, and they have to like make a swastika with their body. Right. It's funny, right. like they 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 land, but because of what the movie's about, 
Like it just it just works. Uh, and man, what a year for ScarJo! Because uh, one, I think Endgame is her best turn as Black Widow. Right. Uh, but between Jojo Rabbit and Marriage Story, I mean, she really was like. And and again, I would say Endgame. She was really a heavy hitter this past year in 2019. I watched. I lost my body. Oh yeah, I wanted to watch that. Uh, that movie's weird. Yeah, it's strange. It's a French animated film. It's it not... seems it seems like a cult movie that will not be a cult movie because too many people watched it. <laughs> I could see it becoming one. Um, it's it's nominated for best animated picture. It mm-hmm. is about a hand that was cut off trying to return to its owner. Um, it's actually about a lot more than that. Uh, I don't know who all is in the cast, but the only person you need to know is Dave Patel, um, who plays the lead and, and basically is the only like speaking part in the mm. movie. Uh, I went and saw Waitress. It was at the Sanger, the touring Broadway show. Yep. I was familiar with the plot. Did not expect such a raunchy musical. <laughs> um, Waitress is about a woman in like Kentucky, Kansas, on a southern woman who works at a diner and makes pies, who is in an abusive relationship with her husband and gets pregnant, who then has an affair with her OBGYN. It's based on a movie from 2008 that has Carrie Russell and Nathan Fillion in it. I remember the movie. Um, in 2015, they made it into a Broadway show written by Sarah Bareilles. And uh, now it's on tour, and it is dirty. At one point, there are three separate sex scenes going on on stage at the same time. Wow. Um, and it's, I mean, it's hilarious. It's super funny. Right on. Um, better really, than Transformers? I would say better than Transformers. Um, I don't know that I would watch the 2008 movie, but I would watch the Broadway show again. I'm really late to the party on this one. I watched Bumblebee this you week. You watched a lot of shit. I did. Oh, man, Bumblebee's good. I, I was surprised. This is a weird thing to say about a Transformer movie, but I think it could turn out to be a cult classic. Yeah. Because it did not do as well as the shitty ones, and it's really good. Yeah, I think every 80s movie tries to be like kind of like a John Waters. Right. or um, But this one actually had kind of like a Say Anything yeah. or um, Breakfast Club vibe to it. Uh, a lot of Smiths right. in it. I thought of you when I was watching it. Right. Um but, but even like the Transformers parts are so much better. The shit yeah. on Cybertron, the smaller story with just one Autobot and two Decepticons, the whole thing works really well. Yeah, it, it, I, I enjoyed this movie a lot. Too. Yeah. And then the last thing I watched is I finished Rebels. It only took me a week. <laughs> and uh, the one thing I would say about it, that last season does such a good job of taking all these, pl- not even plot lines, but characters and like even creatures they introduce over the first three mm-hmm. seasons, every single one of them is important. Would you have really thought you'd saw the space jellyfish again? Yeah. But you see them and they're really important. Yeah. Everything that you think is a minor detail in Rebels, there's payoff for yeah. in season four. And it it's such a surprising thing for a kid's cartoon show about Star Wars. So yeah, I watched a lot of shit. You did watch a lot of shit. All right, Hurt, you're on the clock. Okay, okay. Uh, man, I'm so excited to say this. Uh, I watched Star Trek Nemesis again. Good. <laughs> yeah, good. And you know, you know what? Uh, I know you're probably thinking, if you listened to last week's episode, after I rambled on for 20 minutes about fucking Star Trek movies, why would I possibly need to talk about this again? But I feel like with this particular movie, I did a thing that I, sh- I think is bullshit which is I let the things around this movie color my opinion of yeah. this movie. I knew that it failed and that caused the 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 sort of franchise to end. I knew that the director they didn't really get along with him and they didn't really get to sort of put all the things in the movie they wanted to because of that. Basically, I let the background shit, you know, color what I was seeing on screen, but Listening to you talking about it, listening to Christian talk about it, made me think, I'm going to give this another try. And you know what? I liked it a lot better. Like, mm-hmm. uh, realizing that my opinion was bullshit, you know, uh, 
I liked it a lot better. There's still things in this oh, movie that things hey, are wrong. Yeah, that fucking weird four way psychic rape scene yeah. is could have been left on the yeah, yeah, yeah. cutting room floor. Uh, man, uh, you know, Deanna Troy has been raped in every way except with an actual dick on Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, the, you know? like the first season, yeah. it happens. Yeah. And I really do think, I, you remember how I said about uh, Into the Darkness, they should have made um, Lieutenant Hawk a member of the crew? Yeah. I think in general, they should have, after Worf leaves, they should have brought in a new crew member who's actually part of the cast just for exposition. Yeah. I think that would have helped this movie a lot. And a lot of the things that I was like, well, why didn't they mention that? They could have mentioned to yeah. that guy. Yeah. But I, I'm going with better than Transformers, but I also think this was a good experience because... You know, right now, social media, podcasts, all we do is talk about our opinions on things. And I don't think anybody ever changes anybody's yeah. mind on something. But you changed my mind yeah. on that one. Also has Ron Perlman being... It also has Ron Perlman looking like Nosferatu, yeah. who apparently and, and invented I, cult movies. Realistically, Full I was about to say, Ron Perlman is a mark of quality, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, and actually, that's the that's my favorite part in the movie. The fight between uh, between uh, Riker and, and, yeah. uh, and Ron Perlman. You watch anything else? No, that's it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am on my, my rewatch of BoJack because the new season comes out on January 31st. I am midway through the third season, and it's so rewatchable. I fucking love this right. show. There's so many visual gags that I couldn't catch because I was paying attention to the plot that they just weave in there. It's just it's infinite rewatchability. Um, I'm, uh, we're almost finished with the fifth season of Shit's Creek. Moira is my favorite, like by far. Fuck everybody yeah. else. Moira is the best. <laughs> yeah, Moira's. She's the only one that never gives in. Um, I, my favorite thing about Moira is that she never loses. Yeah. She's never wrong. She will always pivot to make sure that that she's winning. What's what's the son's name again? David. David. Uh, does. My big problem with the last season I watched is that David's boyfriend was just a comedy killer. Sure. Has he gotten any better in this? I mean, you know. He's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the problem is not him. I think the problem is what it does for David as a character. That may be it. That that David without that, in this like kind of competition, uncomfortable thing that's going on, but when he kind of like settles down a little bit, David's not as much fun. Well, and also it it sort of benches what's her name? What's his friend's yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, Stevie. Stevie. Yeah, Stevie. It, she kind of just becomes a side character. Yeah, the episode where the store gets robbed and Stevie and and David like are giving him things is one of my. That's favorite. a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah. No, that's actually a good point. I think I think the breaking up the the David and Stevie is yeah. is probably the big problem there. Um, and then movie wise, I watched a long shot this weekend with Charlize oh, yeah. Theron and Seth Rogen. Pretty charming. We did a whole episode on rom-coms. It's a dying breed, but it can be done well. Yeah. Well, I also think we just did a whole episode on cult classics, and this might end up being one of those. Yeah, it absolutely could I be. I know I saw it. Look, This looks fucking terrible. So finding yeah. out that it's... And I've heard from multiple people it's pretty good. It's surprising, and I'll probably check it out. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, and then uh, just this afternoon, because I wanted to be less racist, I watched Dolmite Is My Name. Yeah, uh, Finally. And, uh, you know, it's fine. Uh, it does seem like the shit that should get nominated for Oscars. It's uh, structurally very much, you know, any kind of like music biopic you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, the the whole movie is, and they even they even have like a bit in the movie about it. Is just Eddie Murphy as oh geez, what's the guy's name as uh, Rudy Ray Moore 
Uh, yeah. just, I don't know why I didn't say that for you. I knew that. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah. Um, constantly being like, I want to do this thing. And then someone who's, you know, in power or like an executive or whatever is like, no, you can't do that thing. And then he says, I'm going to do that thing anyway. And then he does that thing. And that's the whole movie. It's a bunch of montages of that in a row. I still haven't watched it. I really want to. Here's the main thing I want to ask. Does he ever say the name? I'm going to tell him Dolomite's my name and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. He says that about 30 times in okay. this movie. <laughs> I, used to, I used to be in a band called Fun. And before we would play, we had an entrance tape that we mm-hmm. played that was that for five minutes. And then Suzanne Summers saying, thank you, Thigh Master, for five minutes. <laughs> and but the band was pretty awful, but that was great. It's not bad. Again, it, it does seem like the kind of shit that would get nominated for Oscars because it's just yeah. that kind of like real life biopic winning story that people love to hear. Uh, Eddie, I intend to watch it. Eddie Murphy is good in it. Uh, you know, it's got... Every famous black person that you know, at least half of them. Craig Robinson, Mike Epps, Chris Rock. Wesley Snipes is fantastic in it. Uh, one of the, the big standouts to me outside of Eddie Murphy, who is, who is solid, was uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who's kind of like, she becomes like his uh, comedy partner when he's like starting a comedy and, and then is, is part of a production partner when they start making movies. She's really great in it, I feel like, uh, for a movie that's, generally pretty light mm-hmm. uh, I, f- I feel like she has probably the most like emotional weight for anybody in uh, in the movie but yeah it's pretty good uh, you know it I, I don't i don't think it's uh i don't think it's the best movie of the year but i think it's fine yeah do you have to go i have to leave all right well uh christian's gonna leave because he's too good for us bye bye buddy <clears throat> i don't know if me and you have been alone in some time mm-hmm. this is awkward this is the best part yeah <laughs> And uh, I think that's it for what we're watching. But before we head out, uh, we, we promised we would do this last week, and then we ran out of time, which we almost did this week also, because we can't shut up. <laughs> Loyal listener Regina has sent in a, uh, a list of her best of the decade, and so we're going to give her some airtime and, and uh, see what we think about our choices. So she's got it broken down by category, and several in each category. Well done, Regina. Uh, we got comedy. We got in in... Ascending order, I guess. Right. Uh, this is the end. Bridesmaids. What we do in the shadows. Once upon a time in Hollywood. And the other guys. I love the other guys being on top. <laughs> that movie is fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, first of all, it's very on brand for Regina that this is the end is on there. I would have called bullshit if it wasn't on there. I don't know if I agree with that choice, but it's correct for her to have it made that choice. It is funny. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, I mean, no, I think it's funny. I just yeah. don't I think it's one of the best. The the scene in the other guys when Samuel L. Jackson and The Rock jump off the roof. Like, I was yeah. crying yeah, for several great. minutes when <laughs> I saw that the first right. time. Uh, for sci-fi, uh, number five is In Time, which is wrong. That movie is not good. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, John Carter, Ex Machina, and Inception. Generally good list. I, I, that, the rest of that list seems like she's talking directly to me. Agreed, yeah. I, I, have you seen Gattaca? It's way better. It's that same director. Yeah, I've seen Gattaca. Not you, I'm talking to Regina. Okay, well, you were looking directly at me. You're the you only that. person here. That makes it weird, right? <laughs> People who, who we rip, post, uh, rip off this podcast of who just do this with each other, I don't know how they do that. I think they're better friends than we are. Uh, maybe. Uh, for action, we got Rise of Skywalker, uh, It Man 2, John Wick, Mission Impossible Fallout, and Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, it's interesting that Rise of Skywalker is on there. Is that one of the... I mean, I guess it is an action movie. I would I go with that. I would think. I would say that I think uh, Force Awakens. Force Awakens. I think that's a better action movie. That's fair. Yeah. It, it, I, you know, I just I never think of them as anything but Star Wars movies. Right. So it's hard that's for me to even categorize because they're them. definitely not sci-fi. And you know what? I respect the Man Two choice because it's a worse movie 
I want to be clear, but the action is better in that movie. Um, uh, and of course, I agree with you know. Uh, yeah, no, Mad Max. F- Mad Max is absolutely number one. Mission Impossible Fallout is a good number. I, like that's that's a super one solid one right. two three. Uh, horror. We got Get Out. Train to Busan, Insidious, uh, One Cut of the Dead, and It Follows. Honorable mention, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, which is only kind of a horror, but I love it. And uh, the new Evil Dead reboot. I, I still haven't seen that One Cut of the Dead. Zach mentioned that when he was on Since I show. haven't seen most of these, I'm going to go with okay. But uh, It Follows is the correct number one, and I really like Train to mm-hmm. Busan. Uh, drama, we got Black Swan, Boyhood, Les Miserables, Wolf of Wall Street, and The Big Short. Honorable mention to Can You Ever Forgive Me? Black Swan was this decade? It was. I know. It feels Crazy. like forever ago. It feels definitely like an Audis movie. I dig that choice. I don't know if I would have put The Big Short as number one, but hey, you know, it's your life. Mm. Uh, romance. We got About Time, The Shape of Water, Love and Other Drugs, Silver Linings Playbook, and Crazy Rich Agents. Uh, historical. We got uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Good. All right. I'm, is that historical? I, I'm just so glad that she's also, keeping it real. The Witch. Is that historical? I mean, I guess it's probably, I don't know. Uh, the Butler, 12 Years a Slave, and Hidden Figures. Oh, Hidden Figures. I, you know. Was Re- the Butler good? Uh, yeah, I think Regina thinks it is. Hey, well, Re- I mean, Regina, I, tell I us why the her. Butler's good. I agree with her most. Of, and I'm just super into Regina keeping it real by putting Bohemian Rhapsody Yeah, s- stay with it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, comic book, Wonder Woman, Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> Captain America Civil War, Into the Spider-Verse, and Captain America Winter Soldier. Love that one, two, three. I'm, uh, I know Ian is definitely against Wonder Woman. I don't mind Wonder Woman. I just don't. I feel like there's so many comic book movies I, that I might have edged it out. It definitely would not. I, I think it's okay. It wouldn't have made my top five or yeah. top ten. Or uh, Animated, we got Lego Movie, Under the Red Hood. Frozen, Isle of Dogs, and Frankenweenie. I'm surprised Into the Spider-Verse didn't make it on there also. Yeah, that I mean, because to me, that's the best animated movie of the decade. But I, I, you know, I love the inclusion of Under the Red Hood because I fucking love yeah, that Yeah, that movie. is good. That is good. Uh, family, we've got Wreck-It Ralph, The Little Prince Paddington, uh, Book of Life, and The Lorax. Uh, I'm surprised The Lorax is number one, but... Lorax was this decade? I guess so. Again, that feels like some Audie's ass shit. For sure. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the thing. 2010 was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, TV drama. We got Big Little Lies, Downton Abbey, Succession, Game of Thrones in the newsroom. No! That's the wrong choice. I haven't read any of these before I started this, so this is a genuine surprise. Well, which new- one is your wrong choice? The newsroom. I've, I've never watched it. So oh, no. It's like- I mean, Sorkin is genuinely good. What's bad about this one? Oh, it's, it's, it's Sorkin sort of, becoming a grumpy old man on screen for us. I mean, you know, uh, me and Regina are both closer to being grumpy old men. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I could I, if she likes it, I'll probably like her. I'm going to agree with her on that, even though I haven't seen it. She also mentions the Uncrem- uh, Umbrella Academy and uh, Here and Now, which I'm not even familiar with. Uh, I did love Umbrella Academy. Fair enough. Uh, and for TV comedy, we got Russian Doll, Glow, Veep, Silicon Valley and Gravity Falls. I hear Gravity Falls is great. I don't have kids, so I've never watched yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. Uh, uh, honorable the miniseries or honorable mentions we got Chernobyl and Good Omens. I really want to see both of those things. Actually, Good Omens is the one with uh, David Tennant and what's that other motherfucker? It's not Michael. Is it Michael Sheen? I don't know, man. He's the guy. He's the werewolf. That guy doesn't matter. He's, the guy with the nostrils. No, I don't know. Michael Sheen's the guy with the nostrils. What movie? What are we talking about again? <laughs> He's in Good Omens. It's, it's a movie about an angel and devil. Oh, you know, that's Michael that, Sheen. That's Michael, that Michael Sheen. Sheen. Yeah. Okay, I've right. watched that. That's very good. I is agree. it good? Yeah. Okay, good. And uh, biggest disappointment is The Dark Knight Rises. And she mentioned this is the Hard moment disagree. that she stopped getting excited about life. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, is how I felt after Batman vs. Superman. So, you know, I understand that feeling. You know, uh, man... Uh, 
I applauded Regina for keeping it real on Bohemian Rhapsody, but I think she didn't keep it real by putting the first season of uh, True Detective on here anyway. That's actually fair. Because she that's loved that shit. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for this list, Regina. It's pretty comprehensive. And in general, I agree with it. And you know what? Even if we rag on you, I support your, your right to have your opinions. I support your decision to continue to share See, them with I us. See, I genuinely agree with it, but I don't support your right to have opinions. Or that's also Or fun. anyone's. Yep. But I think that's it for this week. Uh, if you want us to read literally anything on air, just send us an email at realphonies.gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies or on Instagram at real underscore phonies. Uh, I think next week... I don't know what we're doing next week. Uh, we'll have something else for you next week. Probably another topic. You know what? Next week, I'm going to guarantee next week we will know what we're going to do the week after. That's a... Oh, yeah. That's probably true, actually. <laughs> so join us uh, next week for that. And thanks to Zach Evans for our and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.